turning to the book of First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. And um, this morning we're gonna we're gonna focus in on verse seven, the first part of verse seven. First Peter chapter four and the first part of verse seven. Uh, we're continuing our series today, Set Apart, and uh, this morning's message is entitled Set Apart in Spiritual Service. Set Apart in Spiritual Service. Let, let's let's join our hearts together in prayer as we open the Word of God. Lord, um, it is it is indeed your breath that's in our lungs, and we we give you all the praise, the honor, and glory in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for for allowing us to be together today. Thank you, Lord, for this precious time to be in your Word. And as we focus in on the time for Christ to return, may that spark the energy, the zeal, the desire, and be the main reason that we serve the Lord with our hearts. So, so God, as we as we look into your Word today. Speak to us, Lord, afresh and anew. I, I know that in and of myself I have no power to change anyone. I realize that that comes through your Spirit's working. And so I pray, Lord, for, for the Holy Spirit um, to take over now in this service, God. Speak through my heart and change lives for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want, you to, I want to begin today by, by asking a fairly serious question. And I want you to think about all the time, all the time that you have had with your life up to this point. Now, I want, I want for you to consider all the time that, that you've had. So some of you have had more time than others. Some of you have had uh, less time than others. Some of, you, uh, some of you have been through more circumstances, more trying circumstances. Uh, others have had different circumstances. Some of you have been to more places than others had. So, some of you have had more opportunities uh, that, than no one else may have had. Some of you have had missed opportunities that others have not had the chance to miss. But what about wasted time? What, what about pursuits? What about interests? What about priorities? Consider all of your life up to this point. Uh, if, if your life ended today, all right, let's, let's get serious. If your life ended today, would there be things in your life that went unsaid that needed to be said? If your life ended today, if time stopped for you, would there be things that, that you had wanted to do that you put off doing? Would there be people that you wanted to see, people that you wanted to talk to that you did not see, that you did not talk to? Uh, uh, Would there be places that you desired to go that you never went? Uh, Would there be regrets? Would there be things left unsaid, unforgiven? Would there be investments that you wish you would have made? And think spiritually for a moment. If time ended as we know it for your life here on this earth, if, if the Lord returned, would you be prepared to enter into eternity with him? Would you go to heaven? And if God were to look at your life and all the time that he has blessed you with, would he be pleased with how you have stewarded your life, your days here? Uh, I, I'm sure that with a question like that, there would be responses like, well, there, there's always more things I would want to do. There's always more questions I would want, want to have answered. There, there's always more pursuits and more desires. Uh, uh, there would be more wishes. Obviously, there, there may even be some regrets there. But with each day you're given, how do you make use of the time? Uh, I, I've heard it put this way. Let's pretend that a banker calls you this past Friday. And he says that on Monday morning, an anonymous donor will put in your account 86,400 pennies every single day. That's my kind of thing. That that would be great, wouldn't it? 86,400 pennies. That's $864 a day. 
Okay, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. And he adds, but there's one stipulation. You've got to spend all that money in the same day. How many of you would have trouble spending $864 a day? <laughs> I didn't think so. Right, right. So, so he says, all that has to be spent, not a dime's going to be carried over into the next day. Each evening, the bank, uh, uh, the bank will settle your account and will cancel whatever you failed to use. And with a big smile, you hang up the phone, and then you begin to think about your, your spending plan. And so you grab a pencil and paper, and you start figuring. 864 times 7, that's $6,000 a week times 52 weeks a year. That's $315,000 a year. And you've got to be diligent to spend it all every single day. Remember, you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, sp- uh, go over, okay? You, you can't take anything over to the next day. Well, let, let's, let's just play another game here. Let's get serious. Every morning, somebody loves you, and that, that someone who loves you is the Lord. And he does invest in your account some 86,400 seconds of time, which equals 1,440 minutes, which, of course, equals 24 hours a day. Now, you've got to remember the same stipulation applies. You don't get to carry time over into the next day. It doesn't work that way. From today's dawn until tomorrow's dawn, you have a precisely determined amount of time. As someone put it, life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want to, but you can only spend it once. I know we've heard this scenario about, you know, we've heard this before, that that you live for today. You only have today. But honestly, we live as if we have endless tomorrows, don't we? If something doesn't get done today, we say, well, I'll handle it tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll do such and such. Tomorrow I'll go to such and such a place. There's always a time for later, we say. We bank on the idea that we're going to have this infinite number of tomorrows, more and more tomorrows. But tomorrow is an unknown. Tomorrow is an unguaranteed. And the truth is one day we will have no more tomorrows. We saw that clock and it's ticking and we're saying there's a time for everything. Well, there's a time for our life to end. There's also a time for the Lord to return. That is a reality in this life. Some of us might not even make it to tomorrow. It's kind of like the patient who went back to see his doctor after a series of tests. And the doctor said, well, I've got some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you. The test came back and and the good news is you've got 24 hours to live. And and, and the patient said, well, how how in the world can that be good news? What could be worse than the reality that I've got a day to live? And the doctor said, well, the bad news is I was supposed to tell you yesterday that you had 24 hours to live. So my question today is this. If you knew you had no tomorrow, would anything in your life change? And if anything would change, why in the world would we change it on a day we haven't been given? Let's say the Lord Jesus returns today. Let's say we live in that reality and Jesus does return. And what if soon is Sunday, August 25th, 2019? Would that change the way you live your life now? The Apostle Peter stresses to his readers in this passage about our importance to consider the way we live the day that we have been given. This, this is a part of, uh, of a bigger encouragement that he gave to first century Christians back, back in Asia Minor. They were being tried and persecuted for their faith that they had in Jesus. And he's reminding them in this verse, chapter 4, verse 7, that time is short, eternity is on the horizon, and if we really do believe in eternity like we say we do, 
You know, you take these great polls across, and I believe it's an overwhelming majority of people believe that there would be a heaven and a hell. If we as Christians really believe in eternity as we say we do, if we're truly convinced that Jesus Christ is returning, Peter says, live your life prepared for that day. Whether he comes first or we die first, we need to live as if this day were the day. How should we live but in spiritual service? He's writing to these, to these readers and, and, and knowing that persecution is, is inevitable, knowing that pressure is inevitable, knowing that pain is inevitable, knowing that Christ could return at any time. He says, as God's people, we have to be diligent, purposeful, intentional in the way that we live. And in this passage this morning, there three considerations in our being set apart in spiritual service. What we're going to do is we're going to read verse 7 through 11 today. I'm going to give you one point this morning and two tonight, but we're talking about being set apart in spiritual service. Let's read the text together. First Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Peter, Peter begins rather abruptly, and he says, but the end of all things is at hand. Did you see that? The end of all things is at hand. This was written 2,000 years ago, and Peter was saying then, the end is at hand. Therefore, be serious or sober-minded. Be watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. One thing I want you to consider today when it comes to our day this day is this. Consider the Lord's return. That's the one thing I want you to see today. Consider the Lord's return. Why should I be about spiritual service? Why should my life be set apart living for the Lord Jesus because he's coming back? I should consider the Lord's return. Jesus is our reason for spiritual service. I just want you to look at the first part of verse 7. That's all we're going to take in this morning. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. He's telling readers in the first century that the return of Jesus is at hand. The most climatic point in the history of the universe of all mankind is at hand. Christ is coming back soon, he tells them. And the message has not changed. Here we are some 2,000 years later, and Christians in the early church then expected Jesus to return. And the challenge and the call is the same in our lives as well. Jesus is returning in our day too. Consider the following verses uh, that back up such a statement. Romans chapter 13 verse 12 says, The night is far spent, the dawn is at hand, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18, the apostle John said, Little children, it is the last times. We are living in the last days. Jesus in his lifetime promised his return and he will but we don't know when that's going to be and that shouldn't slow us down in the way that we live our lives now as we wait honestly 
Uh, and today is pretty young, you know, when it comes to us just getting out of the bed and, and getting here this morning. But, but how many of us have had this thought already today? Yes, today is the day Jesus returns. Seriously, how many of us have had that thought? And it doesn't count if you just thought about it now, right? How many of us have thought about the reality that Jesus returns today? Truth is, we don't think about it often, do we? You know, we, we see verses like these, and, and oftentimes our hearts aren't changed because we don't really believe Jesus is coming back today, and we don't really believe that he's coming back tomorrow or any day after that. And if we were really honest, some of us may not even believe he's coming back, period, in our lifetime. And that's wrong of us. That's wrong of us considering what the apostle Peter wrote through the prompting of the Holy Spirit to his readers in his day. Christians in Peter's day believed Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. And and the fact that Jesus didn't return then still should not overcast the promise that Christ has promised to come again even in our lifetime. As we read in the New Testament, consider this. You have John the Apostle, you have Paul the Apostle, you have Peter. All in their writings, in every one of their writings, they talk about the end. They talk about the day of the Lord. They talk about this great consummation when the Lord will return and gather his saints, but also judge the world and reign on this earth. And they taught, they taught an imminent return of Christ. This is a definite return that he could come at any moment. And they believe that. And we know that because Peter says the end of all things is at hand. When you, when you consider uh, Revelation, okay, the last book in the New Testament, when the Bible closes, one of the last words of Jesus was this, yes, I am coming soon. He promises that. And so we read that and we ask the question, well, how soon is soon? My son Micah and I, we were, we, we've been reading um, the Chronicles of Narnia every night. So we're, we're now in, the, I think, book two or book, two or book three. But, but um, I've been helped some theologically by reading these books with him. I think it's, it's to my benefit more so than it is his. But, but there's a time in, in one of those books. It's called The Voyage of the Dawn Traitor. And, 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 in, and in the Chronicles of Narnia series, there's a conversation between Lucy. She's one of the humans in the story. And she's having a conversation with Aslan, who is the Christ figure. He's a lion in the story well well uh, they're, they're parting company lucy's lucy's parting ways with aslan she loves aslan and aslan says to lucy lucy don't look so sad we're gonna meet soon again and she says in response please aslan what do you mean by soon and aslan replied by saying i call all times soon think about that jesus calls all times soon here's what i want you to know and then we will get into this the the last days this phrase it's technically a phrase in the new testament that refers to the time between the first coming of christ and his return that is the last part of human history between the first and second comings of the lord jesus so we are living in the last days it applies to us as well 
So let's put aside because uh, let's just put that aside because we should be living and and, and every generation should be living in the anticipation and the expectation that the Lord should come back. We should put apart, you know, or put aside our own our own theological preferences on what that means and understand we all are living in the last days. So here's a question. Whether you have one tomorrow left or a thousand tomorrows left, that's not up to me and that's not up to you. How should you live? Scripture promises that Jesus will return. Revelation twenty two twenty. I come quickly. Even so, John says, come Lord Jesus. He's coming back again. But there are so many who hear these words and, and make fun of what Peter said. And, 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 and many would argue, they'd say, you know, it's been 2,000 years since Peter said that. It's been 2,000 years since Paul said that. It's been 2,000 years since John said that the end of all things is at near. The truth is, none of us know when Christ will return, but we do know he will return. He's promised that. So if Christ's return was near... 2,000 years ago, when Peter penned this letter, then Christ's return is nearer to this day. A thousand, if a 1,000 years have passed, we're near to the day. But think about now, 2,000 years have passed. We've got to be near the day. Therefore, our lives should be lived far differently with this in mind, with that on our hearts. No matter what our interpretation of the Scripture is, whether we think soon is far away or we think the end is really near many years down the road, or if you're like the apostles of the New Testament, like myself, who has this literal view of Scripture, when it says near, I'm thinking now, I'm thinking Jesus is coming today. The truth is we're all going to stand before Christ, aren't we? We're all going to stand before the Lord. And those who know him and have served him, you will be judged. You will be rewarded for how you lived and served today. When he returns on that great day, we cannot afford to fall asleep. We can't afford to go into spiritual drowsiness, not with the greatest, most anticipated, long-awaited return of Jesus at hand. I want to be found in spiritual service following him at the moment he returns, even if it is today. We should all desire to live out a holy life expecting his return. Peter said, In verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, 35 through 37, he said, Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes truly i say to you he will dress himself for service and have them recline it at the table and he will come and serve them consider with me for a moment what christ has done christ has died for me Christ has rose for me. Christ lives in me. And he has promised that he will return for me. Therefore, I should live for him and wait for him, living my life in such a way that it draws others to him. Peter is saying to those reading his letter, live the day faithfully. Wait eagerly. Share passionately. Go and give freely. And regardless of what may happen, be ready. The end of all things is at hand i feel in my heart this morning that this is where we need to stop tonight i'm going to share you know some responsibilities that we have 
that we are to be set apart in spiritual service. But brothers and sisters, there is no greater thing that we should be focused on right now than committing ourselves to the Lord and understanding just how little of time we actually have. We need to repent, to be honest. We need to repent of our arrogance and our pride in thinking that I've simply got tomorrow to work things out. I have tomorrow to live for Jesus. I've got tomorrow to share Jesus. I've got tomorrow to commit myself to service for Jesus. I have another week to be a part of the church. I have, I have another day to commit myself to serve him in this area or that area. I, you know what? The Lord may be calling today, but I'm not ready to do that right now. I'll do it tomorrow. I've got tomorrow. We don't have tomorrow. <laughs> We truly don't. We should stop banking on tomorrow when Christ has said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't give a thought about tomorrow. You and I have now. It's all we've got. The day is all we have. And if we lived like that, if we lived as if the end is at hand, the end of all things is at hand, if we lived like that, my life would be so much different than it is right now time is short we are set apart in our service to the lord for his returning let's live like it in world war ii there was a little french village and they had a statue of jesus in their town square and a bombing came through during the middle of this war and that statue was damaged and pieces were broken off well the the people of the village they stored the broken off pieces and after the war they started to rebuild the statue Much to their dismay, the only pieces of the statue that they could not find were the hands of Jesus. The people of the village, they they decided that rather than leave the statue of Jesus standing with no hands, they would just take the statue down. But on the day they planned to dismantle the statue, someone placed a sign at the bottom of the statue which read, But ours. He has no hands, but ours. He has no feet, but ours. He has no eyes, but ours. He has no lips, but ours. We are the body of Christ in this world. And according to God's word, the church's days in this world are numbered. And as Peter has told us this morning in 1 Peter chapter 4, he said, the end of all things is near. How long do you really have? How long do you really have? When will Christ come to get his church? Only the Lord knows the answer to that question. And that's why we need to be prepared at all times. That is why it is important to consider the return of Christ. He is the very reason we live, we breathe, we serve, we praise, we have any purpose. The end is at hand. Are we living ready for the return of the Lord? Would you, would you please stand with me and just bow your heads and let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, it is with a broken heart that I, that I come before you today. I, if no one else, if no one else this morning is convicted at the thought that Christ could return even as I speak, it would be me. I'm convicted because I know 
I know without a shadow of a doubt that if my life ended, there would be so much wasted time on my account. There would be so many wasted thoughts that were not filled with the thoughts of Christ. There would be so many untold testimonies and untold opportunities. There would be so many people that I should have shared with that I haven't, that I need to share with, but I'm hesitant. Things that I need to do in the name of the Lord that I've just said, ah, it can wait. You're not waiting without purpose. (laughs) If there is one reason that the Lord tarries is that more people would come to Christ. And so, God, if, if, if if you are choosing to not return even today, I have no knowledge of tomorrow. Therefore, I need to live today as if you're coming right now. God, I know it begins in my own heart today. It begins with me saying, I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for my unbelief in the reality that you are returning. For it should change drastically the way that I live my life, what I share, what I'm around, what I'm influenced by, my priorities. Oh, God. If the apostle Peter was so dead set on the end of all things at hand, if they believed that Christ would return, he wasn't just telling them that to comfort their hearts. He was telling them that because that's all that he knew. (laughs) He literally watched Jesus go into the sky. He heard the angels say, why are you looking up there? He's coming back. Why are you wasting your time looking at the clouds? Live for him now. Fulfill the great commission now. And that's why Peter's life was so set apart from that point forward because he believed the only day he had was that day. God, do a work within us as a church family, as individuals in this body to understand, to understand today, today is the only day we have. Forgive us, God, for wasting time. Forgive us, God, for wasting treasure. Forgive us, God, for wasting talent. Forgive us, God, for making excuse after excuse after excuse as to why we won't live for you. And may it begin today, that today would be the day we live truly for the Lord. How would our lives be any different? I pray that there would be a great contrast in who we once were and who we are now. Lord, as I'm praying this morning, I understand that there may be people in our midst. When that question was asked about, are you ready for the return of the Lord? Are you ready to be, uh, are you ready to go into eternity? Would you go, would you go to heaven? Would you, would you be with Jesus? There may be some today that says, Peter, if, if my life ended now, if Christ returned now, there is no way I would be with him for I don't know him as Savior. I don't know him as Lord. He's not my God. That can change right now. So God, if there's someone today that needs Christ, that needs to be saved, that wants to know for sure that they would spend eternity with you, they can give their heart to you now. If that's you today and say, Peter, I want to I put my faith in Jesus right now. I want to be sure that I'm going to be in heaven with him. I want to live for him today. 
Would you just lift your hand up? Anybody at all, St. Peter, today, I want to give my heart to Christ. I want to be ready for his return. Anyone? God, our challenge is so serious this morning. As Christians, we are set apart for service. Lord, move us. Move us, God, to make a difference in this world for Christ. Stir in our hearts a desire to reach people who don't know Jesus. Stir in our hearts a desire to make disciples. Stir in our hearts today to be the church. For you have entrusted us with this gift, with this call to love and serve and pray and share and to think about your return with your return in mind, we share. God, break our hearts, Lord, but change us. Change us today to be so heavenly minded. As we live our days on earth, people would know Christ. Do what you will, God, in this time of invitation. I pray that we would be free to move as the Holy Spirit leads. If there's areas in our lives that we need to confess and repent of, I pray that we would give them to you. God, if you're you're calling us to yourself, if you're calling us to be saved today, if someone needs to be saved, I pray that they would be. God, if, if, if there are people on our hearts that we need to pray for, may they not go unprayed for today. Lord, if there are people that we need to share with, may they not go unshared with today. Today is the day. We long for your return and we look for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Tammy's going to play here for a moment. If God's leading you in any way to respond to this message, please take the time to do that today. You just be obedient to what the Lord's calling you to do. Today is that day. I'm living in light of his return. Today is that day. No doubt in my mind. You come if you need to. You come.